bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid and straight to the point. This is the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the Common Council president and the Common Council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number. I got to say it, right? He's back. All right, so I got that out of the way. Um, Yeah, it's been great. I've been gone. I am refreshed. All is well with the world. Everything is going on just great. (sighs) And then I start reading the news again. And well, so I was out of town, kind of rolled out, had a few things I had to get done, a few places I needed to be. And then I came back to town and then I went and chilled out Saturday, you know, hung out, got off my flight and got home and everybody was gone. So I said, I guess I'll just go hang out. So I went and hung out. And while I was hanging out, somebody asked me a question. Now, this is Saturday afternoon. Today is Monday. So I've still been contemplating this question. So when a person commits a crime, does time in jail or prison and is released, should their record be cleared? Well, my answer after 10 years of no further crimes or police contact I say expunge the record, depending on the incident, the crime, the sentencing, all that. For example, if I'm using extremes for the purpose of this example, sexual assault, armed robbery, you know, robbery while armed, felony drug offenses. So felony drugs depends. Were you dealing or did you get jammed up for dealing because you had a quantity, but it was actually for you? I don't know. Depends. What about armed robbery? 
Depends. Sexual assault, and mind you, in each of these, a person has been found guilty. Sexual assault, I say lifetime record, you don't get anything else. But now, I don't think anybody would argue with my assessment, but I think it depends on the person. In general, over a certain amount of time, your record should be expunged. If you haven't gotten in trouble, if you haven't done anything that's going to cause you to be rearrested, um, be in places that cause you significant police contact, not taking into account or actually taking into account your neighborhood, where you live, stuff like that. I say within reason, I have no problem with that. And then there's Wisconsin State Assembly candidate Paul Melodic. So there's an article in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel that wrote that was written by Dan Bice stating Assembly candidate Paul Melodic, M-E-L-O-T-I-K, once helped sponsor a contest won by a man in blackface. Now, it's not against the law. People might get mad. People have may, may have moral questions and all that. Assembly candidate Paul Melodic wishes he could erase any tie to an incident involving blackface a couple of decades ago. This is from JS Online, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, with an article written by Daniel Bice. Back in, you ready? 2001, a restaurant group headed by Melodic had a Halloween costume party on Water Street. The white guy who ended up winning the $1,000 prize dressed up as a racially offensive Aunt Jemima blackface makeup and all. Melodic seemed less than outraged about the whole situation when he was interviewed several days later. Now we're talking not one year ago, not five, not 10, but 22 years ago, right? Ask if the Jemima attire was out of line. He responded, it's a difficult thing. These are Halloween costumes there. There's a lot of tacky costumes out there. And that was then. Today, Melodic said, I really don't have anything to, I really didn't have anything to do with it other than the fact that I was president of the Water Street Association. They asked me about it. He said of his interview with the Journal Sentinel in 2020, in 2001, he said, so I didn't run it. It was I wasn't involved. I wasn't even really there. I was in like the bar the whole time. Here's the rest of the story. Melodica Republican who sits on the Exaki County Board, Grafton Town Board, lists himself as co-owner of Flannery's Restaurant and Fire Ridge Golf Club is running for the state's 24th Assembly District against Democrat Bob Tatterson, a retired engineer. The, the, the seat is vacant after former Representative Dan Canoodle won a seat in the Senate in April. Special election is July 18th. Democratic spokesperson blasts Melodic for his role in the incident, in the old incident, and seeming lack of apologies. Paul Melodic's involvement in this disturbing costume contest is just one episode in a long career of trying to make his corner of Wisconsin a less welcoming, less safe place, said Joe uh, Oslin, communication director for the party. Now, remember, the contest took place October 27th, 2001. Why is all this stuff coming up now? It was emceed by a radio personality from another station. 
And the station interviewed the guy dressed up as Aunt Jemima, had a picture of him on their website for a week afterward. Now, this same station at the time was owned by Journal Communications, who also owned the Journal Sentinel. It wasn't long after the local chapter of NAACP raised objections. Wisconsin legislative black and Hispanic caucuses blasted the radio station over the street party and on and on and on. Eugene Kane called the incident disappointing but not surprising. Now, if you don't know who Aunt Jemima is, Aunt Jemima's based on an old menstrual character. Aunt Jemima's considered offensive to black people because it presents enslaved people as submissive, self-effacing, loyal, and pacified. And the mammy figure was used for more than a century to sell pancake syrup until the product was rebranded in 2020. 19 years after this incident. So we could go, we could go on and on. Melodic said, I wouldn't be surprised if some people were offended, but some black people were offended, but it was totally unintended on our part. In retrospect, Melodic was asked if it was a mistake to give the prize money to the person dressed as Aunt Jemima. His reply is, I don't know how to respond because, like I said, I had nothing to do with it. I didn't have any control over anything. But he added, if somebody erred, it was the police. I'm sorry. It was the radio station. His association simply sponsored the event and gave out the prize money. But the radio station ran the show. When read his remarks from 2001, the GOP candidate initially denied making the statements, though he did remember talking to a Journal Sentinel reporter. Then he said he doesn't remember what he said. At the very least, what Melodic acknowledged that it's highly inappropriate for someone to don blackface while dressing up as Aunt Jemima. Nearly everyone agrees with that now, right? He said, yeah, exactly. I think it's wrong. Yes. Here's my question. All things being equal, does Malachnik, does he get a pass on something that happened 22 years ago when he's running for office today? You sponsor an event, and you know the contestants are drawn from the public, and the public pick the winner. Now, I'm not condoning either side in this argument, yet it, it, it begs the question as to why this is being brought up now. Does it matter if the guy's a Republican or does it matter if he has an opponent or he's a Democrat and his opponent is Republican or is, is, is the opponent Democrat? Well, that's what the story said, right? And we have to look at why now? Or is it because he's a Republican or is it because the other guy's a Democrat? I don't know. But I find it interesting, and I say this because I want the news to be in the middle. This is not news. This, I believe this is an opinion piece. He kind of, you know, Daniel Bice writes, you know, political pieces and things of that nature, and he has a right to do that, and, and I applaud it. But at some point, if every time we bring up something about Republicans, we should probably bring something up about Democrats, too. Every time we bring up something about Democrats, we should probably bring up something about Republicans, too. Because both sides have done some dastardly things to black America. 
why you would bring this up 22 years after somebody did something because he's a Republican running for office. Well, let's dig it up on the other guy, too, or the other woman. Let's be fair and equitable to everyone, both positive and negative. Because I can think of some bad things Democrats have done. You know, like starting that organization called a Ku Klux Klan. But we soon forget about that. But then again, will it matter? I don't know, because I guess when Republicans get in trouble and Democrats get in trouble and they look bad in the black community, they go to the same place where everybody goes. You know, the same place black people see Democrats go after we vote for them and then they win. Or Republicans, when there's something that's pressing about diversity or inclusion, and they don't want to say anything. So they kind of go to the same place. And then I realized, hmm, it's amazing when something has to do with black people, both parties end up in the same place. Underground. And that is Dr. Ken's Truth on the new 1017 The Truth. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. LT from the talking text line said, pronounced Melotech. Did I say melodic? I like melodic because I knew a guy with the same spelling name melodic. Or that's what we called him. But it's Melotech. Thank you. He said, I worked for him 30 years ago at McGillicuddy's on Water Street. I was the first black bartender in that area when this event was held. I had gone to work at Miller Park. I never had a hint of racism from him, and his white partner is married to a black woman. I don't think anybody brings up Ted Danson anymore. <laughs> I don't think anybody cares about Ted Danson. But anyway, Sino said, no passes should be given. This is your past coming back to haunt you. Um, there is no difference between political parties as far as it goes trying to get the vote. That's true. However, at some point, if we can forgive a criminal— who's committed a crime, can't we forgive him? He didn't even do anything. It's like I come in and I sponsor something and then something happens at the event and then you try to blame me for sponsoring it. So, eh. 833-212-1017 is the number. What, what, are your, what, are your, what, what do you think? Does this guy get a pass 22 years ago? Because, I don't know. I mean, I have my thoughts about it, but I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear whether or not you give somebody a pass for being peripherally attached to something that somebody else did. It's like, hey, um, John Doe Society is giving away $1,000 in a scholarship. 
And you go, okay, I'll sponsor that. You can call it the Dr. Ken Harris Scholarship. Say, all right. And you go in, and then you find out that the criteria in the, in the scholarship says that the scholarship only goes to white males and females who can, fa- who can trace their um, history to the Confederate Army. But now you've already signed it, sent the $1,000, and you're doing a scholarship. Do I come back and go after the person that supplied the money? Or do I go after the people that gave the scholarship? Or both? 833-212-1017 is the number. I don't know. You tell me. Because you, I'm torn. I don't want somebody going back 20 years, finding something I did wrong, and then hold me accountable for it today when there was no harm to anybody. Was anybody harmed by this guy doing blackface? Blow this guy out, go away, whatever. Or do you say, nope. C-Note on the talking text line said, that's the game of politics. They will pull up any and everything you were attached to as the opponent. It's a dirty game. Yeah, it is. But at some point, we need to be smart enough to say, eh, Hey, back in the day, your brother did such and such. Your sister did this. Your cousin did. Okay. You got stopped in a police car where someone was arrested with drugs. Do you know what everybody who's around you is carrying? No. You walk in somewhere, you're with your friends, and somebody checks somebody. Next thing you know, oh, my God, they've got a gun. Well, you didn't know that. Should you get arrested for somebody else having? It's how, how deep does this go? And we have to stop complaining about culture when we're getting caught on the culture bandwagon. Oh, well, you know, you can't do that. That's considered racist. Well, is it? Or do we have to generalize and say, if you don't believe this, you're not black. If you don't believe this is racist or sexist or this or that, something's wrong with you. How far do we take that? How far do we go? I don't know. I have no idea how far we go. I know at some point, redemption and compassion has to play a part. Because if we're going to do that to politicians, we need to do that to criminals. They actually committed a crime. So I say what? Let's have the crime stay with them forever. But that's some of the idiocy that passed a few years ago when people that worked in the private sector in financial services, loads of them got fired from their jobs because, oh, but you had a municipal. If you have any crime in your background that has to do, and I'm, I'm going from memory, if you have any crime in your background that has to do with anything, a theft, something that has to do with financial services, you know, where you can steal money, then you're, you're done. The problem with that is this. People that had municipal citations as, as, as adults for retail theft. Well, I stole some chewing gum. I was acting a fool and, you know, with my friends. I was 18, 17, 18, 19 years old. And I stole something. I got caught and I wrote it and I got a ticket. 
Those people actually lost their jobs in the financial sector. I had a friend of mine who was a vice president at a bank, had risen to regional vice president, right? The other vice presidents reported to him. He got fired from his job. He got fired from his job because when he was a kid, he was in a car on the way home from school, 17 years old, chilling. Friend said, hey, I got to go to the store. I'll be right back. I always caution my children, never take anybody to the store on your way to and from somewhere and never let them go in without you. Oh, my friend said they want to go to the store. Nope, don't take them. Let them go on their own. You drop them off and you leave them there or you take them home and let them go to the store on their own. And, 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 and my daughter asked me why. I said, well, here's the story. He drops his friend off. His friend's driving. He's in the car, passenger. Friend's taking him home, says, hey, I, I need to stop by the store. He's like, okay. Stops by the store. Goes in the store, comes out the store, goes home. Couple days later, police come, arrest him for armed robbery party to a crime. His friend had gone into the store, pulled out a gun, robbed the place, got back in the car, drove away. Drops his friend off and leaves. One of the people in the store follows the car, sees where they drop him off, goes, says he lives there. Here's a description. Police come and arrest him. He has no idea what happened. Oh, I'm just coming from school. I just got, well, we don't believe you. Black kid, we don't believe you. He ends up going to jail for three years. He's literally sent to state prison for three years. He gets out, gets his life together, goes to school, pays for it himself because he's a convicted felon, but it wasn't drugs. So he did get some scholarship money, graduates, top of his class, goes, gets an MBA and rocks it. Now he's working for this national, international banking firm, and he's a regional vice president. He's making six digits, but they're like threes and fours in his six-digit salary. You know what I'm saying? At the beginning, he gets fired. Oh, there's this new federal law that says if you got such and such, you fight. He said, I was party to a crime. And here's the weird part. They never caught the other guy. He gave them the name of the person who was in the car, and the car listed to him, and he never got caught. He did three years. The other guy never got caught. He still got blamed for it because he was in the car and they didn't believe him and they prosecuted him and he went to jail. This company fired him. He sued them. And when they sued him, he said, hey, you knew I had been arrested when I got hired. This law changes and now you're going to let me go. And what did he do? He got paid. At some point, your past he superseded that. And when they went to court, they said, well, we understand the law, but we don't know if this falls into that because it was party to a crime. And the reports all say that just because the DA didn't believe him doesn't mean he wasn't telling the truth. And the judge awarded him uh, seven, eight digits. So he got paid, didn't have to work anymore. Of course, he quit the company, of course. I say that to say we have to be careful just how much we hold people accountable for and what we hold them accountable for and how much time at some point, I mean, other than sexual assault, 
Can we, can we, is there, is there any room for forgiveness? Is there any room for compassion and that you've paid your debt? At what point have you paid your debt to society? And it's time to move on. 833-212-1017 is the number you're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. Traffic, sports, and weather up next. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. It's great to be back. I get to harass Rhea, Kyle. Um, let me see who else. Carrie Noni, Ben Jammin, uh, Tori, Sherwin, DJ Brother Z. Mel, DT and Telly, everybody. I'm harassing. Uh, I got to make up for two weeks worth of, you know, couldn't couldn't harass nobody, couldn't talk to nobody. It's it terrible. It was terrible. Now, before the break, we were we were talking about um, this Melitech, um article about him running for office and how. All of a sudden, it comes up and it shows up when he's running for office, but it doesn't show up in all this time. And I mean, we all know journalism has a left-leaning slant, even though they pretend like they don't. They do. And it is what it is. I say let's do that for people running for office. But I guess you put yourself out there in the limelight. Should we be looking at 22 years prior, something you said or did? I don't know. I'm pretty sure everybody within the sound of my voice said or did something in the last 22 years that when they think about it, they regret it. But for me to hold you to it today, 10 years ago, five years ago, people change, people grow, people evolve. Look at, um, what's the guy? There were old, old Republican guy. He was the longest serving Republican in um, history. Ended up having a black, black kids and all that. Um, um, Strom Thurmond. Strom Thurmond. He, he, he was considered, um, well, he, he didn't have the best background in that. I think he was former governor of South Carolina and was a, Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, but yet he had, you know, he liked black women and had a child. So we could argue, and George Wallace, everybody hates George Wallace. He blocked the stairs for the civil rights in George in, in Alabama, and all, right? George Wallace, Democrat. Hated black people, all that. 
today, if you go to Alabama, I remember because there was a college there, Concordia College in Selma, went there, and the two-year school across the street was George Wallace Community College. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting, because I'm from the North. I learned about George Wallace, and I heard he's a racist, and he's this, and he blocked black kids from going to school and stood on the stairs. They had to send the National Guard, all all this stuff you read in the history book, right? I remember seeing on TV. Well, I happened to mention it to a black woman in a meeting we were in. And she looked at me and she said, absolutely not. We love George Wallace. And instead of me going, I can't believe that. I asked the question, well, what does that mean? She said, George Wallace changed over time. George Wallace came to understand the error in what he did and actually did more for black people before he died than many people do today. And it's documented fact, the money he brought in, the things he brought in. This school was predominantly black in Selma. And they named the school after George Wallace intentionally for that reason. People change. And if I hold you to something you did 20, 30 years ago and you're consistent, that's one thing. But when you've shown documented change, do we let you change? Do we allow you to grow? You know, I overheard a conversation earlier talking about tribulation and how things go bad, how it can. But I think it does give you the strength and the, and the resistance and the, the stick-to-itiveness because tribulation, problems, make you stronger. They help you understand that as life comes and as you get older, some things are just not going to really move you the way they did when you were younger. But unless you go through it when you're young, you'll never get to old. You'll never get to that next step where when life happens, you go, all right, I got this. So here's what we need to do. Have you been there? 833-212-1017. Have you, have you been at a place where, you know, life happened? And then, yeah. Same thing with Thomas Jefferson. That's true. LT put it in the talking text line. Thomas Jefferson had black kids. Strom Thurmond. Daughter, S.C. May Williams, Washington Williams. Born October 12th, 1925. Died February 4th, 2013. Was the American teacher and author best known as being who? The eldest child of Strom Thurmond, governor of South Carolina, 1947 to 1951. Longtime U.S. senator known for his pro-segregation politics of mixed race. She was born to Carrie Butler 16-year-old African woman, African-American woman who was a domestic servant for Thurman's parents. And Thurman was 22 and unmarried. So basically, he raped her. A juvenile. Back when, huh, I don't, I can't hear you. <laughs> back, back when it was permissible. That's unconscionable. 
but that was her father. Wasn't identified, did not reveal her biological father until she was almost 78 years old. He died in 2003. And though he had little to do with her upbringing, he paid for her college education, took an interest in her and her family all of his life. Now, that's the one thing that I said, now we ain't giving you a pass on. Sexual assault? Nope. Done. See ya. So we have to we have to recognize. Well, I guess it just kind of defeats the purpose. Stupid people do stupid things. Yeah. Yeah. So, George Wallace, okay, I get it. Strom, I ain't really feeling Strom Thurmond at all. No. <laughs> we, we not, we not, no. No. 16 years old, we're done. And you're 22? Nope, we're done. You're done. Absolutely not. When we come back, I want to take a look. I think we got a talking. Should I? Uh, I'm going to wait till after the break because I know we're going to talk the whole segment because this is Sandra and you know how she gets. She gets like me. That's a positive. That's not a negative. That's my girl. And, and I saw her at Juneteenth. That's what's up. I saw her again at Juneteenth. So everything's good. When we come back, uh, I'm going to talk to Sandra. And I also want to touch on on us dealing with this Milwaukee sales tax bill. And I have, I have five issues that we're going to have in the city, but I got five solutions to go along with it. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Sandra, that's your new name, Sandra. Yes. I'm, put, I'm putting an apostrophe Okay. In. S apostrophe Andra. How's that? Okay. No, you're supposed well, to say no. Singer? You're supposed to say no. Well, isn't my that name singer? Is... What's her name? Mm-hmm. The singer. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's and- Andra instead of Sandra with the S. Andra. Mm-hmm. I can't think of her la- last name, but she right. sung on, I think it was a movie. Mm-hmm. Andra uh-huh. Day. Real good singer. Yes, yeah, that's is. her. That's what I'm trying to talk yes, about. She yeah, she don't have the S on her I name. I listen to her music all the time. So you know who I was talking about. I know about, who you're talking Ken. about. But you know I gotta get I ain't talked to you in two weeks. I gotta give you trouble. Well, you know something. Well, you don't give me trouble. I um You get your I own trouble. trouble this yes, morning. You do. Yes, you do. I had my trouble this morning. It was like the issues you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I always end up in trouble with that because I'm always too um I won't say I believe in, 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 in the law and uh, what whatever the law is set up to do, but I feel there's so biased, so much bias in it. Why is and that? And I feel that uh, because people that sit and make the law study us, black people. 
And so they study the criminality of uh, what black people do. If you wear the black guys, wear your pants down below your butt. They study that. Everything we do if we're not going to school. So are you saying it's okay to wear your pants down below your butt? I'm just saying they study it. In other words, maybe it's a mental thing there that something is wrong with the brain that somebody want to wear their pants down below their butt. Mm, they, it it uh, comes from me, a very specific thing of people that were in prison and the connotation prison, of wearing. Yeah, they didn't have a belt. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll go with that one. Okay. But they said they couldn't wear belts because we'll they were hanging themselves, one. some kind of stuff. We'll, but, we'll go with uh, that one. I, right, I understand that, <laughs> but I'm just saying we're study. We're a study group of people. And so it, it seemed like to me anything that they know crim- criminally that blacks are really doing are the ones that, that that's why you got your mass incarceration. So, um, you know, that's, that's what they be so bad on my life. Like I said, I mentioned my son. You know what he did because I told you. And But I don't think he has to be in my, I mean, in jail the rest of his life. I don't think that. But what did he do? No. Uh, but what did he do? I told you that. I told you that. I'm not going to say it again because I don't like people. Right. I says I don't like people to an extent they criticize the right. thing. And a lot of them, like a lot of them, a lot of people that criticize, that's where I had to get on uh, a moment this morning. They're the first to criticize, but they have a lot of baggages themselves. And so I put their baggage on them. And I says, and then, and then they get quiet. You know, uh, that's what I don't like. Um, I, I don't like the politicians. They're just as horrible. They do worse. Like you got, what is that, uh, uh, the Epstein thing, all of a sudden he dead? Come on. You know, I like for, I know it's never going to be fair. So that's the point. Nothing's ever going to be fair, I don't think, for black people, to me. It's always okay. criminology. We're criminals and this and that. And, that. and uh, yeah, man, but the, uh, the strong thermonym, I read about that. I saw the documentary on uh, Wallace, and I saw uh, Thurman's uh, daughter. daughter. She yeah. was a teacher. Yeah, yeah a teacher. And uh, who is the other lady? Um it's one more. Oh, Jefferson, Sally. Right. Sally, Sally right. Hanson, whatever her name mm-hmm. is. That's a beautiful woman. So he couldn't help but to love that woman. That's a pretty woman. All of them pretty, you know, I mean. So, hey, we some beautiful women. How am I supposed to argue hey. against that? I can't argue against that. Hey, because <laughs> look, if you go through my family history, you will see that my family history is, I can't track where the whiteness is, but it's some there. But isn't there some there in so, everybody's? Uh, well, especially if you're my color, and then my daughter's even worse. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. Uh, well, that's your word, worse. Yeah. But I wouldn't call it worse. <laughs> I'm not worse. Not worse. It's better, but she's lighter. Put it that way. <laughs> I won't call it worse, but she's lighter. And, and one thing about it, she was not. I think she was upset because the kids would pick at her mm-hmm. because she was not a darker color black. Mm. And so I had to call her in so they could, and I had to go talk to them so they would understand. So, yeah, so that's what I had to say. So, so when I have a show on, which I'm thinking about doing, but every time I speak it up to my friends, they tell me don't do it. Let's have an mm-hmm. actual show on race, on, mm-hmm. on colorism, on okay. light versus medium versus dark black people. And how people exactly. are treated and how people are treated based on skin color and the data that shows certain shades and certain colors mixed with gender can mm-hmm. can make you be the be considered the best person in the world or make you considered a criminal. 
the worst. And sometimes it's, it comes in our black families too. So yeah. hey, right. Well, mm-hmm. I would I would make it more so okay. internal than it is because we all know the 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 connotation, or should I say, what it denotes to many whites when they show us in terms of shade. Mm-hmm. But I want to explore how black people think and feel about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think something that we don't show. that we don't do. Mm-hmm. And and it's a conversation we need to have, even though people will argue that's not a conversation you should have in public. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. They don't. I mean, they do like I saw uh, Phil Donahue and, uh, you know, uh, different people have the conversation. Just don't blow out. of You know, don't blow crazy. Sometimes people blow crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. So, hey, just talk. I mean, you ain't got to go all crazy with it. That's but, true. yeah, that'd be pretty neat. I like to hear what people would say. All right. Well, thank you much. I appreciate you. Okay. Okay, then. Bye. Bye. I think there are a couple things this year that need to be um, explored. I don't know if we should do in general or have guests in from local universities and organizations. I think when we do that, there's a innate agenda that people bring to prove their point instead of presenting data. So I think what I may have to do is just sit down and go through and present the different arguments about that and then let you make your comments. Because I think it's important to recognize that there are things in the black community that other people just have no idea exists. People just have no understanding. And I'm sure there are things in white society, Hispanic. I saw that white society, Hispanic, and all that stuff that um, occurs that's only indigenous to their particular race. And, of course, I won't talk about those things, right? But I will talk about some issues around skin tone. I mean, I think we have some issues. I think it's gotten better. And yet, we we convolute preference with wokeness and whether you're actually pro this or pro that. And we judge and we belittle based on things that are of no control of anybody. Well, I mean, unless you're Michael Jackson. But anyway, um, at some point, we have to recognize and love people for who they are. You know, as, as I age, I start to look at people a little different and recognize. I speak to people that I'd never speak to, that I didn't speak to before. Not that I didn't speak to them. And I don't know whether or not I didn't. Did I not see them? I started asking myself these questions. Did I not see them? Or did I just purposefully overlook them? Right? So now I tend to say, hey, to everybody when I'm in public. Because you never know whose day you're going to brighten or who you're going to make feel like they actually belong. 